you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, a little notify bell next to it if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening to this on a podcast app, be sure to leave us a rating, review, or a comment. It really does help uh, boost the exposure for it Going does, In does. Raw. Uh, we're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. It's a fantastic way to support going in raw uh, financially. We uh, Today's the first of the month, Larson. It it's is. First of the month. Uh, so I'll be getting on those Frendo Care packages ASAP. I know I, I'm, I just sent out a ton of the uh, ones from last month. I'm just do, doing them all in one shot. There you go. Two months in one go. Uh, so anyways, uh, we did get a couple of new patrons in from over the past couple days. I'm going to give them a shout out and then we'll get right into this count out business. Sounds good. John Moxley shoot interview is big business, Larson. Oh, it is big, big deal. <laughs> yeah. We found that out. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jay Newton, Julian Roussel, Luke McKenzie, Chris Coffey, Mike person, Tomas de great, Matthew Robertson, Joel Johnson, uh and PSVG thank you very much for your support we appreciate it so uh of course like you like we just mentioned the John Moxley interview on Talk is Jericho yeah holy crap it's blown up most downloaded episode of Talk is Jericho ever ever i think i saw the number 600,000 downloads oh wow floating around but i don't even know how old that stat is i mean within 10 hours this is the most listened to episode of Talk is Jericho ever 10 yeah. hours of its release yeah and we're several hours past 10 hours at this point we're quite a few hours it past it might be though. the most downloaded podcast ever now it did our recap of it did better than our wrestlemania recap it did confirm s- moxley tops wrestlemania yeah it did so well i got a new hat from monterey that's not true, actually. By this a while ago, I was having you've a bad. Hat. You've had that hat for a while. Had a bad, bad air day, so I just put it on. Uh, so, anyways, we figured. You know, it's always exciting when somebody is able to expose uh, the business of the WWE. And uh, obviously, this is not the first time it's happened. It's happened quite a few yeah, other times. And generally speaking, uh, whenever it happens, it just concer- confirms everything that we hope is not the case. Yeah. But we kind of know in our hearts of heart all the is stuff, the case. All the stuff wrestlers like to condescendingly tell fans, oh, you don't know anything because you're not there. Yeah, well, you know, the stuff that we hear is... is uh, Kind you don't kind of don't have to be there. More or less confirms all of it. You know? <laughs> exactly. More or less does. So anyways, we're going to talk about 10 of these times when the WWE was put on blast by a former talent. Now, that's not to say there's, these are the only 10 times. Not the case. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I think Bret Hart has had plenty yeah. of uh, of time. We, he's not even on this list. No, because his most recent, like, uh, 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 bile was directed more towards Triple H. Yeah. You know, he has several times, but, you know, they've more or less made up. Yeah. Brett, WWE. So, it, it, like, his recent interviews, I think he was on uh, Talk of Jericho or something like that. And he was like, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, now. things are great. Things are So fine. that kind of. It's all good. You kind of have to set the other stuff aside. With Brett, it depends on the day of the week. Yeah. What, who, <laughs> yeah. who and what he's going to be cool with or not cool. What the bed he got, got up on. <laughs> right. Whether his coffee was lukewarm or hot, seemingly. These are these are sort of the, the more prevalent ones, the more yes. memorable ones. And we'll kick off some with, interesting ones that we've uh, not really heard of before. Yeah, yeah. This 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 first one here, we'll get right into it. Number 10. 10. Drew Galloway. So after his release. Of course, known now as Drew McIntyre. And before this, he was also right. Drew McIntyre. WWE, so, he's one name. Yeah. Not WWE. Another name. Yeah, It's right. actually his real name, Andrew Galloway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, June 12th, 2014, he was released by WWE. Correct. Um, and... Uh, you know, in WWE, he was Vince's chosen one. Mm-hmm. And he accomplished quite a bit during his first run. WWE as Intercontinental Champion, mm-hmm. Tag Team Champion, mm-hmm. member of three-man band. That's the biggest one. Um, uh, but after his release, he showed up 
in ICW, kind of his home promotion yeah. is what I gathered. Yeah. And and dropped an incredible promo, the likes of which we never saw in WWE. I actually do remember. So I was never a fan of his in WWE because of exactly what he was sort of talking, getting at here, that we never saw that side of Drew McIntyre. He was, I always just sort of felt that he was, and I think he's even said after the fact that while he was there, he just felt apprehensive. I mean, he's very, he was very young at the time. Yeah. And, you know, when you're new, you see, you're new to the job, you don't immediately sort of you don't go, endeavor you don't go to in there stand like out. the cock of the walk and start making demands. Right, Absolutely. exactly. And I think in the WWE, if you're not the, that pit bull that we've heard Vince McMahon likes, uh, you might get lost in the shuffle, and even a guy like Drew, who's really good in the ring, has a great look. He seemed to get lost in the shuffle Hell of a there. Talker too. Oh yeah, great talker. And I never knew that until I saw. I do remember actually watching this right after it happened because everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, you have to see this!" Yeah. And man, this guy comes off like he has been released from decades of prison. You pretty know, much, yes, he yes. is. It's like it, the end of the Shawshank Redemption. Pretty. Yeah, much. It, it is. It really is. Um, and so he shows up. Uh, he starts beating up a bunch of people. He starts kicking. I guess is Jack Jester the guy he kicks repeatedly throughout his promo? He was the he was the guy. Yeah, he was his the best friend guy. He nice was talking where, about where, where Drew would talk and Jack Jester would stand up from time to time. He just kick him back down. Said, just stay down, please while, stay down. And while this particular promo doesn't have the bombshells of some things we'll get to later on, uh, it it was shocking to hear uh, Drew talk like this yeah and he did make the case quite strongly that uh when he's used correctly he is the absolute best yeah he this was a very very smart move on his part to to sort of very subtly put them on put wwe on blast but at the same time remain professional enough knowing full well that he was going to go out there and do everything he could to reprove his case and to, to give himself a, a second life in the WWE. I was about to say a rare second life in WWE, but so many people. Time. It happens going all the time. Years, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and obviously, if that was his goal, going out in the indies, uh, rebuilding himself as a wrestler, mission accomplished. Remember when uh, WrestleMania weekend in Orlando, we went to the WCPW show. We had to leave before the main event, which he was in. Yeah. I remember I, was, I walked out because I had to use the restroom before you, you left because we had to go to the Internet Darlings panel, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm out there waiting for you, and and Drew's just hanging out in the hallway. Yeah, and uh, talking to somebody, taking a picture. Little I know that about five hours later, he'd be in the audience at Takeover <laughs> that night. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was pretty insane. Yeah. No, that that that's really good stuff. The promo was amazing, and it really did kick off uh, a career renaissance for it. it really Drew did. Galloway. Like, Again, it's not it's not as biting or as, it's not really bitter at all. No, it isn't. He, it, it's more or less his mission statement saying, uh, "I did all this in WWE." In my first run, um, but it wasn't it wasn't handled the right way. I'm mm-hmm. capable of so much more, and it's, yeah. it's it's on them for not taking advantage of what they had. So and but so much so much also of his uh, of, of the interviews that he gave after that fact also or after his return to ICW, and you know during his time in TNA was there was a lot of self reflection. Oh know? yeah, there totally, was a lot of totally. should I even said in this promo he says you know I'm 29 should I go and just settle down and get a real job. And live a normal life, and then you know he, you know, uh, says, "No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, that's not who I am. I'm going to go show everybody who I am." And so there's a lot of self reflection, even in his non promos or sort of interviews. Yeah. he says, "You know, I really had to look in the mirror a lot." But yeah, he does say creatively in this promo, he says, "Creatively, when I'm used right, I am the man." Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, it's obvious that the, from the beginning, WWE did not use him correctly. Yep. Number nine. Nine. Simon Grimm. Also known as Simon Gotch. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's, he's, he's spoken plenty about uh, uh, Enzo Amore, his issues with him. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you've all seen that in recommended videos here on the YouTube. If you haven't seen it, you've at least seen it in your recommended. Yes, the thumbnail. <laughs> um, but uh, after his release, which seems for the most part fairly mutual yes. uh, from WB, yeah. uh, he spoke at length in a Russell List interview mm-hmm. about some of his issues during his time. Uh, in WWE, um, he was apparently quite miserable there. Um, it, it seemed like from nearly the beginning, the vaude villains as a as a, as, as an act, as a couple of characters, there was a disconnect in how NXT wanted to use them versus how they viewed themselves. Um, and when you hear Simon talk about it, he has a fairly well thought out and somewhat complex uh, idea of who these characters are. Mm-hmm. 
which can basically be summed up by saying they're so ridiculous they have to be baby faces despite the fact they have villains in their name. You have two guys who could be time travelers or just people who who appreciate the old-timey way of doing things, Mm -hmm. but they're so ridiculous that the fans can't help but get on board. And he provides some evidence uh, during the NXT days where they're having a match and they're getting cheered. They wrestle as baby faces. Mm-hmm. Come backstage and they're like, why? And then, you know, whoever is the producers, whom are the, who they might be, I don't think he names them, um, say, well, why were you wrestling that match as a baby? You're supposed to be heels. Yeah. And he pretty much says, well, then tell us that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's some more instances, like on the main roster, where, um, gosh, what was that one story he told later on? Oh, they pitched this elongated uh, plan um, where uh, I, remember, I remember hearing about this at the time pitched this, this lengthy pretty complicated idea that would involve them getting in a program with the, the Wyatt family briefly with the tag champions saying oh, they've never beaten us mm-hmm. so Daniel Bryan who I'm guessing was the GM of Smackdown at the time um, was saying well you've never wrestled them it's exactly they've never beat us mm-hmm. and they would get to, they would get uh, DQ'd for a match and then get the rule book and say no au contraire it says the rules were fine. They, he said that they were going to gift Daniel Bryan like a meat basket, mm-hmm. not knowing he was a vegan. It sounds like it could have been interesting, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then they pitched this to the writer, and the writer says, oh, that's great. We'll try it out a main event. Yeah. No one, wa- no one watches main event. Yeah. No exactly. one watches. You don't yeah. pilot stuff on main event. And that was, you, you mentioned the word disconnect. That's a good one. He also uses the word quite a bit, continuity. Mm-hmm. And he says that's one of the main problems. That's something we've talked about quite extensively on the show. He says that when you have a lack of continuity, he brings up a, he brings up the example of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. how in the first season, two of the characters had a crack problem, and they still reference it every single season at least once. And, uh, and he says that doesn't exist in the WWE. Yeah. He says the, there's no continuity there. We've talked about that in terms of how there seemed to used to be some element of continuity between NXT and main roster, mm-hmm. and that seems to have disappeared. Yes. And it's it's really frustrating as a fan, as a viewer of both yeah. you know NXT and main roster. And uh, and he brings that up here, and and those 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 ideas, you know, there's a disconnect between talent and writers, uh, talent and Vince, writers and Vince, writers and Vince, probably writers and writers, yeah, uh, and then the lack of continuity. Are, uh, and and like you said, none of it none of it comes off as bitter at all. He actually he seems like he's totally happy with you know how things yeah. are and his yeah. prospects and all that kind of stuff. He never comes off as bitter. He seems like a just a highly intellectual guy yeah. who you know discusses this stuff uh, from a reasoned point of view. Yeah. Um, and he's got and he has a ton of interviews out there. Yeah. Including of course uh, Simon Grimm Barry's Enzo Amore, yes, which is a part of his RF video interview. <laughs> uh, one of the things yeah. he, he talked about in, in relation to pitching ideas is that an idea would be pitched to a writer, and it has to go through the process, which you know there's quite a bureaucracy involved. Yeah. With, uh, getting ideas up to Vince, and so he would talk about pitching an idea to the writers. It would have to go through the writers, get filtered through them before making its way to Vince. And by the time. Vince was done with it and got back down the talent. It was a completely different mm, thing than what was initially yeah, pitched. Yeah, and he did. He said, "I mean, he, he used the phrase too many cooks in the kitchen,' yes. and that's that's kind of obviously one of the yes. probably problems at WWE." Yes. Uh, all right, now let's move on to the people who might have a little bit of bitterness there, <laughs> or at least a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Number eight, eight, Juice Robinson. There he is. Yeah. So uh, following this, his this picture right here kind of looks like like if you kind of squint your eyes, it looks like he's only wearing the belt, no the pants, U.S. belt, yeah, no pants. So uh, following his uh, U.S. Championship win at uh, the G1 Special Cow Palace, uh, he dropped a pretty huge s- moment. For yes, him. absolutely. Huge moment he for dropped him. a pretty scathing promo, uh, talking trash, a little bit trash about NXT. As we had to say, quote. Anybody who says titles don't matter in this business can burn in hell, all right? Wow. Let's be honest. Titles matter, and the United States Championship matters. It matters. And you know what? Juice matters. Mm. All of a sudden, presto changeo, you effing, you leave effing NXT, the only place that's supposed to matter. Canyon Seaman told me, he looked at me, and he actually used my shoot name, Joe Robinson. He said, Joe, go out and make yourself a star. It's taken me three years, but I'm landing my feet. That's right. Fast forward three years. WWE, NXT, all that ish. Shit, why am I not cussing? I yeah, can cuss. Can shit, there's no shit. Everything that you guys constantly ask me about, that's in the rearview mirror now. And guess what? I ain't going back. I ain't ever going back. And it's okay because guys like Cody Rhodes, guys like Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, the big stars, the big independent stars, independent. No, you can take that and shove it up your ass. They're stars, baby. And I might not be a star yet, but I'm getting there. And titles do matter. 
Wow, hot fire from Juice Robinson. He's I'm, no, I'm never Kevin, going back there. That's one of the reasons Kevin Owens says he's one of the best promos in the business right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. It's 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 always good to... Uh, I feel like he's talked more, too, about uh, his CJ Parker character times, NXT yeah. and how they didn't really do anything with he him. He has, yeah. He did break Kevin Owens' nose in Kevin Owens' debut match at NXT, however. That's true, yeah. Well, I'm sure know, accidentally. Wrestling is a tough sport. Um no, yeah, he's 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 very proud of the fact. I I always, you know, I always looked at that that particular one, uh, and I always think about us getting laid off and finding a second life here yes. uh, on our own with going in raw, and uh, and I always love that kind of stuff. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm proving everybody wrong, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't need to go back to that place, and I have no desire to go back. I'll never go uh, back there again. Wow. Uh, go ahead. So uh, this is from, I don't know what this interview is from. It looks like it's not on the internet anymore. But this is from The Ring Report. Apparently did an interview. He was talking about his uh, C.J. Parker character and how he was typecast as a hippie because he had dreadlocks. Uh, on, on Talk is Jericho. Oh, on Talk is Jericho, yes. And uh, according to this breakdown of it, he was told by officials to dance and sing to highlight his character. Man, it's he had nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see a guy singing and dancing. Are there any good singer-dancer guys in WWE? Honky Tonk Man. Moved mm. his hips a little bit. Yeah, he couldn't really sing, though. I mean, Jeff Jarrett did songs. Again, couldn't really sing. No. Uh, who else did singing? R-Truth. Yeah. He's like the one lone guy who I can actually watch sing and dance for like a while. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, but I wouldn't have wanted to see that from Juice. I no. don't want to see singing no. and dance from him. I don't know if he can sing or not. I know one thing he can do, and that's uh, not go to WWE because he don't want to go there. He has no interest. He's clear about that. Yeah, he wants to stay in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, and to his credit, uh, he's accomplished a lot. Yeah. Four years or so in New Japan. Yeah. More so than uh, I could have ever imagined when he yeah. was C.J. Parker he's not my, NXT. He's not my favorite, but what do I care? Like He's nobody, a decent worker. Nobody he's a cares good promo. what I have to say. Yeah, uh, yeah no, he's, he's developed into quite the good worker mm-hmm. and, uh, and a good promo. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like his big top hat. I don't like top hats or pirate theme stuff. Yeah, not huge on pirates. It's very swashbuckling, isn't? I'm not huge in the swashbuckling, man. Not big into that. I know you're not. I don't think pirates are actually. That's such a weird myth. Yeah, pirates. I don't, I don't know. They're like gross, man. Yeah, I don't know how they got romanticized as such an right? extent that they're cool. Yeah. Uh, uh-uh, they were nasty. I mean, is it just because the ocean looks kind of cool if you're standing on the beach? Well, if you've been to the Caribbean, it's beautiful out there, you know? Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's a lot of, of beautiful uh, blue water, lovely but then islands. the idea, you go out on a boat, uh, just boat. You're out there and you have to eat you're citrus boat fruit. You're sick all the time. You have to eat citrus fruit. So, Scurvy. So your teeth don't fall out. Yeah. You know, they're, I mean, my understanding is pirates are relatively unkempt. Yeah, man. Vicious because that's what their uh, endeavors required. I mean, what you're doing is you're going out in the high seas and you're robbing people and killing them if you deem it necessary. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds like a horrible existence. At least the pirate's life ain't for me, Steve. Me neither, man. But WWE life is not for Juice Robinson. Who else is it not for? Oh, it's actually for this guy. But Not anymore. He retired. This is kind of a heartbreaking story. Number seven. Seven. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Batista! So again, this is on one of his appearances on Talk is Jericho. We talked about the moment where uh, Vince McMahon basically sapped his love of wrestling from him. Yeah, this was a big bummer. This is a total bummer. So as a, a cage match on Raw... On November 3rd, 2008. I actually found the match. Oh, cool. Um, and so it was a cage match between himself and Chris Jericho for the World Heavyweight Championship. Batista walked in as champion. Okay. And uh, being, being a cage match, and Batista being a storyteller, one of the hands the story being told, he wanted to get busted open. Yeah. It's a cage match. Uh, he's probably going to hit the cage. He wants blood. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. He, uh, from his perspective as a storyteller, he feels like he would enhance the story being told in the match. Therefore, uh, despite the fact there's a no blood policy, he wanted to, he wanted to bleed. My appreciation for Batista increased a millionfold long after his run. Yeah, because you take one look at the guy in the ring, and he's this big jack dude uh, who had all sorts of charisma, but once you hear him talk about his love of performing and and, and, and professional of wrestling stel- storytelling of storytelling it's you can't help but absolutely fall in love with mm-hmm. it you know mm-hmm. like seriously he's just he's just the absolute it just seems best. like a really thoughtful uh, a really really thoughtful dude so they have a banger of a match they have a killer match yeah yeah towards the end he bleeds mm-hmm. knowing that it's against the rules uh, he fully expects to get, receive some sort of punishment so uh, i guess they get backstage vince is so mad that he doesn't want to talk about it now yeah. he says uh, next show or whatever uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. Yeah. And apparently Chris Jericho tries to call Vince in advance of this. Vince blows him off. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to talk about it. So the next time they're all around, it's uh, Batista, Jericho, Dean Malenko, who's the producer of the match. Apparently, like, they didn't tell anybody there was going to be blood in this match. They just took yeah. it upon themselves to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the referee, Mike Kyoto. Yeah. They're all sitting in this room. They describe it as a, as a, a situation where the principal, Vince, is about to suspend these particular students. He also relates it to perhaps like a police interrogation. Yes, like they the, have, the one-sided mirror behind him. They have, yeah, they have like a mirror, or they have a monitor uh, set up, oh, yeah. and they do like a slow-mo recap. Like, and Batista's like, we all know what we did. And they spoke at like a secret camera angle. Yeah, yeah, there's like a weird like back of the arena camera. And he's like, we nobody, this is never used. Yeah. They just have it in Jericho, so that's why you can never pick your nose in there because you never know what cameras are yeah, running. Yeah, and Batista's like, yeah, I don't know where this camera came from. Yeah, and so they're doing like the slow mo recap, like there's a Bruder film or an alien. They, they relate it's like a UFO video. Yeah, and uh, and you, you know, so you can see Batista evidently cutting himself, and uh, and they're like, why are you doing? This? Like we know we've copped to it. We understand you don't have to do this. Yeah, uh, but Vince seems like a guy high on theatrics. And uh, and so, yeah, he doles out the punishment. Batista was thinking it'd be upwards of like twenty five thousand. And then Vince doles out a hundred thousand dollar fine for Batista, five thousand for Jericho, which he said he almost laughed at. Yeah. And then five grand for Malenko and for Kyoto. Yeah. And then Jericho, uh, he says, you know, man, I, I couldn't believe but it was the sweetest thing. Batista paid for all those fines. He took the hit for all those fines. Yeah, because he said that, you know, producers like Malenko probably don't get paid a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Same with Russ. Yeah, That's yeah. a lot of money. I mean, yeah. $100,000 is a lot of money for Dave. Yeah. I'm sure he was doing pretty well for himself. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, he said that stung so much. Yeah, he said it sapped my life. It sapped my spirit. It killed my love of wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Yep. That's absolutely horrible. All that Dave was trying to do was enhance the story being told in the ring. Yeah. And to be punished because of it. I understand. Well, they don't Vince's want to have weird this heart, weird no heart blood policy. And here, look at the amount of blood. I pulled this match up. It's really not that bad. Look, that's hardly anything. I know. It's hardly anything. And I think he, Dave even said that he got busted open the hard way during the match, too. Oh, no kidding. Like he, 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 you know, he juiced, but then he also got busted open hard way. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's funny because obviously like after this, so this is on talk as Jericho either 2014 or 2017. I don't know. But obviously after this, you know, he came back. He was just back for this past year's WrestleMania. Yeah, for his last match. He, you know, he he, he does, he because of his Hollywood fame now, he uh, can write his own ticket. He can do what he wants. And yep. if WWE, uh, I mean, he said he's retired now and that's it. 
but he really seemed to get a big kick out of uh, this last little short run of his uh, for Mania with Triple H, something he always wanted to do. Um, and so he doesn't need to have a great relationship with Vince McMahon mm-hmm. to fulfill one of his dreams. Uh, but and I'm sure maybe maybe he came back around to to being you know cool with Vincent or whatever. Oh yeah, he must have because he came back. And again, there's the no the bitterness day. there. It was just a really bummer bummer story where he's like, yeah, Vince like totally just killed my spirit. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a bummer. Seems to do that to quite a few people. Yeah, sounds like a real lovely guy to work for and fans. Yeah, let's move on. This one's great. Oh wow, number six. Six. Oh, Scott Steiner, you fat bastard. So uh, this was at StarCast last year he gave this interview, right? Yes, it was. Uh, Simon Miller was going around uh, interviewing people for What Culture, and uh, he ran it as Scott Steiner. Now, before that, we before we heard about this interview, we'd seen Scott roaming around StarCast, yeah. and he was very soft-spoken. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. everybody who came up to us and said they had a meet-and-greet with oh, him. Oh, said he was super sweet. Nice. Like a really sweet old man. You get that camera rolling, man. and you, you say the words, the, the letters WWE. Yeah, the, the Freakzilla comes out. Oh, my goodness. He used the, the word that you're not supposed to use. I know it's a bit more pr- pr- prolific in the UK, but over here in America, it's a bad, bad word. Yeah, we don't say so that. So I'm not going to say that word. I'll say all the other words. I'm going to replace that C word with a C word that I really like, cake. Cake's delicious. Okay, but y'all know when I say cake, you know that I mean the bad yeah. C word yeah. when it refers to like women especially. Uh, so, uh, yeah. He was asked about WWE, Simon Miller, for whatever reason. Asked him about WWE, probably. The smart lad he is knew he was going to get a juicy answer. Yeah, he was going to get some quality content. So here it goes. He said this. It just goes to show you that nobody wants to watch that bullshit WWE puts out right now. That product is fucking horrible. The two times I was up there, I thought about quitting. Yeah, fucking weirdos, man. The bullshit you have to deal with now. Now it's worse because you got one of the biggest cakes running it, you know? Stephanie, man, what the fuck does she know about wrestling? And then Triple H, who are you fucking kidding me? I feel bad for the wrestlers, you know? Wow. <laughs> man, he called her a cake. Wow. <laughs> Holy moly. Wow. I mean, this isn't the first time that uh, Steiner's he been very literally had like a free to have sp- been felt comfortable to speak his mind about any number of matters. D- didn't he have like a a, 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 a band from the building picture? Because he up? threatened to kill Hulk Hogan, I believe. <laughs> I think he did, man. What are you doing? I do. I get the feeling with Scott Steiner. It's probably what he says is probably from the heart, but. I, I don't think I don't think he's the kind of like he runs a Shoney's. Yeah, he's not a dumb man. He wrestled Joey Ryan and he had a it looked like he had a great time. too. He was selling the dick stuff and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he does that knowing full well that he doesn't care about the WWE. Yeah. It's always entertaining to hear him run his mouth about them. He probably does feel that way about yeah, them. Yeah. But uh, but I don't think that I don't think that he's actually that psychopathic no no i think he just when given the opportunity he knows that that's his thing he'll run him down uh but then you know then he'll be like come over to your table and be like how are your pancakes you fat bastard they were pretty good scott steiner you want to go see my trophies and my titles (laughs) oh that sounds delightful scott come with me then we'll take a picture oh that's very nice of you thanks scott oh man Speaking about a guy who likes to eat stuff, number five. Five. Ryback. He likes to eat more. More El Pollo Loco. That's right. He's, he's been more than comfortable speaking ill of WB. Here's just one instance. This is from an interview with Sports Illustrated. Good. Um, this is, this, I mean, he talks a lot of trash, but this is kind of the, the more prominent thing. Quote, the WWE is not just run by Vince McMahon anymore. They are a publicly traded company and have shareholders. The company's goal is to make as much money as humanly possible. I've said from day one, they're doing a phenomenal job of building up the WWE brand, but they're, they're very stubborn and hard-headed. If you're not in the little inner circle of guys, it doesn't matter what you go out there and do. That should not be the case. And he said, uh, Vince used to say all the time, I have no one else, nobody else like you. So I asked him, then why do you use me like everyone else then? It's always drove me crazy, and then he just laughed. That's how he dealt with things. <laughs> he says, Vince has created that world, that bubble he lives in with people he has surrounded himself with, and I need to get out and create my own world. This is after he got released. Mm-hmm. Uh, my beliefs are entirely different than his. No offense. We just don't see eye-to-eye business-wise. I'm going to tell the people why. I've taken a lot of shit over the years for things I've had no control over, 
I do have control now and I'm not going to live in fear. I know the way things work there. And if I want to talk about them, then I'm going to. And he has endlessly in his own podcast. Yes, he has. Yeah, you man. Remember there was that span of a couple months where it was like every week he'd be saying something else. You know, Triple H uh, doesn't want another John Cena and all, yeah. all that kind of weird stuff. It seemed stuff. like he, he had a, a diary of, of stories and yeah. anecdotes he wanted to relate yeah. on his podcast. And once a week, he just turned the page to the next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he would talk about going into Vince McMahon's office and saying, like, I, I want the Cena spot. Yeah. It's like, well, that's, that's, that's ballsy. I mean, yeah, that's, I guess if you're trying that's to good, no, that's good grab ambition. The, the brass ring. That's good ambition. It's like, hey, what are they going to say? No, just go in there and ask for it. Hey, Larson, I want the John Cena spot here and going in raw. I don't really know who has that now. I don't really know. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this is a fairly extensive interview. He talks about um, uh, WrestleMania 29 when he fought Mark Henry. Oh, yeah. Um, He said, uh, because he was talking about them them making him look bad. He said this, before they booked me to lose seven pay-per-views in a row, I was number two in merchandise in WWE. I was beating John Cena on certain nights. I had half the amount of merchandise that he had, but would beat him in shirts, chains, and photos on some nights and be right there with him the rest. From a business standpoint, if you see a guy who's red hot and the crowd is behind him, you should be going out of your way to make merchandise and book and protect this guy because you have lightning in a bottle. But that was not the case. Instead, they had to go out of their way to make me look bad. Talks about WrestleMania 29. He says, I will never forget that day. My numbers kept climbing even though I was losing these big time matches. I was under the assumption that I was going over on Mark Henry at WrestleMania and then turning heel the next night on John Cena. He's obsessed with John Cena. Yeah. When I found days before that I was not going over, but they, uh, when I found days before that I was not going over, but that they wanted me to fall on my face with my finish and look like an idiot, I said there was no way I was doing that. I asked, why are we doing this? I went to Vince and spoke them for 30 minutes in the gorilla position. And he lied to me uh, how this was the reason for my heel turn that I fell on my face and I tripped. I just couldn't cut it. And I just couldn't cut it. And that's what I turned, why I turned heel. That's, I don't know why I can't talk to That's today. ridiculous. Ah, you're going to fall on your face. That's and, what, that's what Moxley referred to as Vince's Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Where you go in the office feeling very passionate about your position and he'll somehow talk you out of it. Yeah. He says, ultimately though, they were just trying to run me into the ground and ruin my brand forever. And that happened time and time again, as you saw with that finish, it made zero sense from a booking standpoint to book me to fall flat on my face and then the next night to turn me heel. The reaction of my heel turn was louder than ever. But then what did Vince do? He came to me personally and said, we're taking away all your merchandise. I want your merchandise to tank and no more feed me more, which was the thing that put me on the map. Wait, he claims that Vince actually said, I want your merchandise to tank? Well, I'm guessing it's your heel now. We shouldn't sell merchandise for a heel. Yeah, but that's different than I want your merchandise to tank. Well, I mean, Ryback has his perspective. but <laughs> that's, that's the great thing about Ryback is that he has his perspective, which is it just sounds so distinctly like a Ryback perspective. It really does, like when Vince told him that he was going to squash AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that he hears things, and then it's go, it goes through like a feed me more filter. Yeah, and then filter me more, and then he you know regurgitates that information in podcast yes. form yeah. or interview form, and it's highly entertaining. It is. It's like you're dealing with two people who are just who have their own very distinct points of view. Oh yeah, Ryback and Vince McMahon. Yeah. Oh man, oh man. Uh, this is what we had to say about the writing staff. The problem with these writers who work for Vince is that they're scared. Everyone is scared. I used to tell Vince that all the time. I've told him, you have all these people who are scared around you. They can't truly do their job. They're always going to play it safe and nobody's going to take chances. That's why you see these promos with guys week in and week out, playing it safe, staying within the guidelines, keeping the sponsors happy and keeping it PG. They don't want to take a chance with anybody saying anything to cre- that could create controversy. And that's why you see the product the way it is. He's actually pretty spot on with that. Yeah. No, right. I, you know, Ryback says a lot. And I think there's a, there's a lot of fire there, you know? I think there's yeah. plenty of smoke, but I think there's a lot of fire there yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and you know what? I say good for him uh, when he... Boy, this is a long interview. This is a really long interview. <laughs> uh, when he left, if you remember, he wished the WWE on their future endeavors. I think he was in the drive-thru at El Pollo Loco. He turned it around he on He swerved them. Yeah, he turned it around on them. He wished them good luck. So on they future endeavors. Before they had so the they chance to do, do it to him. Exactly. Right. Once you've already... Cagey move from <laughs> one. Ryan... Reeves? This? Yeah, Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves, yeah. Did he, officially, did he uh, really change his name to Ryback? Did he do that? 
Ryan Ryback or just Ryback? Or am I daydreaming that? No, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. But uh, God bless him. He's doing his own thing. He seems yep. happy. He's still jacked. I don't really see his name pop up in terms of not wrestling. a whole lot. No, not not as much as I yeah, figured. He it'd be. really hasn't gotten his uh, any press from his podcast of late. Dude, give me. He needs to be on all elite wrestling. They're the hottest thing. He's hot. Let's make that marriage happen. I don't know if that's gonna happen. When I fight, when I talk to Cody next, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, you can bring it up." I'm two not sure words, how Cody. Right back. That's one word, actually. Okay, fine. Two I'm words. Not sure how me more enthusiastic. He's gonna be about. <laughs> Here we go. We're heading on number four. 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 Gail Kim. She's been very outspoken about WWE. Very well through the years. When you hear about what uh, how she was brought into oh, the company, my gosh, this is horrible. This is terrible. Jim Ross on his podcast uh, discussed how he really wanted to sign Gail Kim ages ago. She was great, by the way. Yeah. She's awesome. But she's, yeah, and she's very outspoken and she is not afraid to defend herself and, and speak she's her She's not mind. afraid to put WB on blast. No. Uh, so anyways, Ross, Jim Ross, good old JR, said that man came to him and said uh, and asked, you want? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this stuff as le- as least offensively as I as I can. He says, "You want to hire uh, Gail Kim, right?" He says, "I don't know. I just don't know." Baffled, Ross told him how good she was in the ring, and that a lot of guys like Asian women, and noted that there are Asian adult film sites. McMahon, seemingly shocked, responded with, "No, get out." So Jim Ross. Sold Vince McMahon on Gail Kim by suggesting that guys like uh, Asian-centric pornography, and McMahon was surprised at that. That's uh, I mean, from all angles, that's just that's a bad story. Yeah, that's, that's not. And she a good responded story. to that and saying, "Yep, not surprising that Vince McMahon would have that reaction." I feel like she's <laughs> like she's like, man, I really like the the wrestling is just can be can be such a carny business, you know. Like that, God bless AEW because I didn't even know. So I didn't know what the sensory inclusion thing was. Oh yeah, I didn't know what that was. They brought it up on the show, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds awesome." Whatever it is, and then on Reddit uh, in the in yeah yeah they, the mod they, chat they, they brought a, out the Reddit a, a post. picture of of you know like this this bag mm-hmm. of various things uh, to provide a, a full fuller experience. Yeah, and like if you have like an autistic child. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of stuff that, you know, it's like ear canceling, noise canceling stuff. And like stuff. some fidget toys to deal with anxiety and stuff. It was Man, great. Man, like, and they, and it's not, they didn't, they're not like harping about it. They just, they said, hey, this is something we have. I don't know what it is. They didn't explain it to me. I just thought, oh, well, that's cool. I just happened to find out about it on the, on the mod chat. Somebody yeah, put yeah, it on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't it's, see it on Reddit. It's pretty amazing. Just, I, I, and I, I was like, this is so cool. But they're, they're not out there like flaunting it every day. No. You know? They didn't advertise that they had this this package to give to uh, to people. They I mean, they're proud that. about the fact. They're obviously proud about yes, the fact totally. that they're adding inclusivity. Yeah. Or that they're, they're bringing that to the game. But they should be proud about that. And that should yes. be something that's celebrated. But they're not using it as a public relations tool. Right, like exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of their... Yeah, philanthropic but yeah, so endeavors. Gail Kim, in response to that horrific story, says nothing I'm really surprised at concerning Vince McMahon, and she tags him in the tweet, too. She says, yes, it's in poor taste, but it's his character. Uh, even as far back as 2011, she did an interview with Diva Dirt and talked about how uh, the Divas at the time uh, were being told. Like when they're actually, I guess, having good matches, that you're being too physical. You're, being, you're getting too you're good. You're getting too good. That's oh my goodness! And they were they were being told like not to kick, not to punch. Um, it's it was it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's bad. But yeah, part of this is that the the transcript on the Jim Ross thing. I think it is says the the running joke is that uh, Vince is always at least five years behind the current pop culture. Well, every um, indication is that she, he does live in a bubble. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. 
when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Yeah. Like he basically has no idea what's going on outside the world of WB. Yeah. None. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah. Anyways, moving on. Number three. Three. Cody Rhodes. Cody. Cody. Cody F and Rhodes. So this is uh, after he got his release from the WWE. He issued a statement that's very long. Yeah. Um, Get to the juicy part. Yeah, where is the juicy part? He says this about Triple H. I sincerely appreciate Triple H's unflinching respect for my father and how he acted as a custodian of history and honoring him since his passing. He did not owe me that same respect he gave Dream, but I thought I could earn it in time. One of the last discussions we had included him telling me that, quote, WWE is a play and everybody has their role and needs to act at their best. All I can think of to say is the best actors don't want the lesser roles. Uh, he, oh, let's see here. He also says. Well, he says, in the past six months, I had pleaded with WWE Creative and both of my bosses to let me roll the dice and once again be Cody Rhodes. I had pitched to every writer on the staff like a door-to-door salesman on how, why, and when. And believe me, there are many of those who sought to help me. He names a few. Road Dog, uh, JBL Cole. Um, but for all that, both head writers on Raw and SmackDown, one pretending to be Brian Gortz, uh, and the other too busy hitting on developmental divas, continued to not return my pitches or emails, mm. and in face-to-face encounters tried to big league me by pretending to be on their clearly powered-off laptops, barely willing to listen to an idea considered beneficial to more than one talent. What's that expression? Don't take no for an answer. What do you do when you don't get an answer at all? So there I was, having done everything I could possibly do for 10 years to make the most out of both large opportunities and even the half-cocked ones like paint up like your brother. Chicken shit and the chicken salad became my specialty, and with those worthy opportunities afforded me, I can only hope I fully executed. I've made the walk down the ramp at multiple WrestleManias, and I've had one have had a WrestleMania match canceled while I stood at the curtain moments before my music hit. It felt like I had a bag of brass rings, and when I came, it came time for me to cash them in, I find I can't do so. Yeah, yeah. So he got this is a pretty lengthy statement, um, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I believe this is the first time we got the the quote about Triple H comparing WWE to a play, mm-hmm. and that everybody yep. has their role. Yeah, uh, and he's hundred percent right. Yeah, just because you're in a play and you're cast in a small role. Um, if you believe in your talents and believe that you should, you have every uh, every skill available to move to larger roles in different plays, uh, you should at least be afforded that opportunity to show that you have those skills. And thus, the way he and here is describing it, it makes it seem very structured, very strict. That if they view you as mid Carter, guess what? You're going to be a mid Carter. You're there, yeah. And uh, save for some overwhelming uh, 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 fan response to you. That's what that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. more. Yeah, which is a total bummer. I mean, yeah, it's a total bummer. I mean, I remember this is around the same time like Damian Sandow said basically the exact same thing. Yeah, you know, and yeah. around this time there are other people who said basically the same thing. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a drag. Um, it and it's not like it. You know, I mean, we were listening to the Pritchard podcast on the road uh, to Vegas mm-hmm. or back or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how uh, when it came to Austin and The Rock and their feud over the Intercontinental Championship, um, the original plan was for Farouk, but uh, because they noticed the reaction that Rock was getting, they switched things up. Mm-hmm. And it just, it does kind of feel that, it does kind of feel like it's a bit more difficult. Although we do see certain things these days, like Kofi Kingston, who's mm-hmm. been there forever mm-hmm. and probably was stuck in that mid-card thing for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. And then he found success with the New Day and they did let the crowd carry him. Yeah. But it takes an overwhelming yeah, effort it, it, from it, the crowd. It, it pretty much takes an undeniable crowd response. Yeah, exactly. Where you're going to be in hot water with the fans if mm-hmm. you don't react to it. Yeah. Yeah. We saw it with Daniel Bryan. I mean, by all accounts, they had no plans to do anything more than what they had been doing with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because the fans got behind him, he may have been a WrestleMania. Can you imagine being one of those writers at this point who, like, denied Cody and now basically because of that, because of that, because he didn't take and give the time, he's had this big old – and this is not – this. I don't mean this in a bad or bitter way, 
big old chip on his shoulder to really become more. Mm-hmm. And now AEW is what it is. It's the hottest thing in wrestling, man. Yep. Speaking of AEW, let's get number two, Steve. Number two. Two. John Moxley. I mean, we did a whole half hour podcast on on the bombshells he dropped in his Talk is Jericho appearance, but at the same time, it's just it's it's more or less the same stories we've been hearing from years, just from the John Moxley perspective. Well, it's the fascinating thing about it is that this guy is a former WWE champion, and if if I'm sitting there at home watching his career, he is treated as a main event level star. Yes. What's fascinating about it is that even though he's treated as a main event level star, you still always got the idea that there was so much more there yes. that he had to offer. It just wasn't going to be in the WWE. Yeah. And you can even go back to before he was in WWE from where he came from, the deathmatch scene. And, you know, the guy obviously is high on creativity. Yep. And WWE just doesn't seem to, pl- to be the place that is. And then you take a look at, you know, the, the stuff that he directly references, the doctor vaccination thing, which was just asinine, and uh, and the, the Roman lines about him having cancer. And it's like, man, you'd like to think that all these guys are on board with this. But no, when he's getting notes back, according to him, from Vince McMahon saying, Dean needs to know why he's insulting the audience. Dean needs to stop rewriting his promos. He needs to read them verbatim. That's soul sucking. It really is. And when Vince McMahon comes to you as a talent and tells you who you are, oh, that's horrible. That's insulting. That's what you. That's who you are. That's why the fans love you. Yeah, it's insulting. Yeah, it is. And and if what we've been hearing is true, that morale backstage is horrible. That mm. a lot of talents uh, feel the same way that Moxley did while in WWE. Uh, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years to see, especially if AEW really succeeds, mm-hmm. um, how WB fares. Well, are they going to change their approach? Are they going to change their approach to creative, how they handle talent, if they get in talent more involved in their creative? Yeah. You know, to a certain extent, I understand, going back to what Ryback said, uh, WB is a publicly traded company. They're very strict on what they want the presentation to be in terms of, of a PG family-friendly product. I get that. Uh, maybe uh, to a certain degree, Vince is scared of handing a live mic to people without very strict rules. There's got to be a way where writers and talent can work together to come up with the promo that fits into your PG guidelines while being true to the characters they want to portray on TV. I'm not (laughs) suggesting that, that Dean Ambrose goes out there and is allowed to use light tubes and matches. That's obviously not what WB wants to be Mm -hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to make them Dude, there's, quirky guys. There's, there, you're, you're, there's absolutely tons of middle ground there. This the, the, this creative system just is, is busted. It's bankrupt. Yeah. It's completely it's creatively bankrupt. Yeah. Because it all comes down to the whims of one old man who, from all indications, is pretty much completely out of touch with what's going on in popular culture. Yep. And, uh, and if he's going to be spearheading your creative... That's just, it's not going to yield anything good on a consistent basis. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead then and uh, see who number I'm sure many of you out there are probably yeah, guessing who it's going to be. Was. Number one. One. CM Punk. It's CM Punk. CM Punk. Look at him there in happier days with his former, former best, best friend, friend, Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana. So of course, we're talking about the Art of Wrestling appearance uh, CM Punk did. The two-parter, oh, four-hour basic shoot interview. Did you say the number two-parter? Because remember when he talked yeah, about, about pooping his pants? <laughs> pooping his pants. We watched that match, and there's a piece of duty in the ring the referee has to grab. Poor CM Punk. All the Z-Pack they gave him. Well, too much Z-Pack. Um, he goes like super in-depth, not just in terms of the creative stuff, his, his relationship with Vince, with Triple H. Uh, all the health issues he had. Oh, so much more of his podcast had to do with the fact that they just run these bodies into the ground. Yeah. You know, it's like when he talked about creative, it was like, you know, I wrote 14 weeks of tea. Oh, no, that was in a, that was in the documentary. Yeah, yeah, and that's when they yeah. weren't doing much with him. This mostly covered when he was at his peak. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really go, he didn't really bitch too much about creative stuff. No, it was more about his relationship with Hunter. It was It was about his relationship with Hunter, and it was, and it was mainly about just how ragged he was run. Yeah, because it, it, it was odd, too, or seemed odd, for a guy who was at the very top that he would be run into the ground and still have to go and, and, and go to Vince and say, where's my full payout? Yeah, I know. Like it's, and he made it seem like that Vince was constantly trying to stiff him for money. Mm-hmm. All the while, he was being fed uh, antibiotic cocktails to keep him in the ring, yeah. which would lead to him 
apparently with terrible headaches and shitting his pants. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 terrible. Yeah. No, it really is. Uh, it is a fascinating listen, and of course, it led to a big, big lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, sp- uh, brought on Punk and Colt Cabana by WWE uh, physician um, Chris Amon. Chris Amon. Uh, alleged by CM Punk to have been bankrolled by Vince himself. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, that ended up uh, not only uh, falling flat, uh, CM Punk and Colt Cabana both came out on the winning side of that, mm-hmm. but it also ended up splitting up the friendship of CM Punk and Colt Cabana yeah. due over lawyer fees, basically. Money. Which can get, yeah, over money, which can get, you know, that's that's nasty business right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it is by far the biggest blast and most uh, prominent blast. Because yeah. it was on Thanksgiving that it was released. Yeah, yeah, And he talks about how he got fired on, officially fired on his wedding on day. On his wedding day, yeah. Yeah, he found out on his wedding day. He thought he was going back. That's the crazy thing about that whole thing. He, he thought he was going back. He walked out on the Raw after the Rumble because he was concussed. Mm-hmm. And he thought all this... It's, it's sort of like a Sasha Banks situation where she was fed up. She wanted some time away. Uh, apparently Sasha was granted and I guess with the idea of her being brought back but in this case Punk just walked away and with with every thought that at some point he would return yeah and then he was getting married and he got a FedEx saying that he was terminated mm-hmm yeah crazy stuff crazy crazy stuff yeah so anyways that's it uh, if you guys have any suggestions as to or stories about other wrestlers putting WWE on blast absolutely let us know let us know in the comments or on Twitter at Real Going In Raw we're also on the Patreon patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson thanks so much for watching until next time we'll talk to you later goodbye be a part of Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson starting at $1 a month you can enjoy Going In Raw ad free gain access to the daily 30 minute Going In Raw post show exclusive merchandise and so much more Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.